So we're going to do a half hour of meditation. And again, just to give the setup of what we're cultivating. The first thing we cultivate is steady presence with the flow of experience. And it's not, um, it's not suggested that this is something easy to do, that you just want it, check the box and move on. That for most of us, there's an ever-increasing ability to rest with the flow of simple experiences and not have the mind wander too much. And then that ability opens and then it disappears due to conditions, we get tired or restless. Then it opens again, but the trajectory over time is that we can be more and more intimate with the flow of present time experiences. That then opens up the seeing more clearly into what's happening. That if we're too busy or confused or distracted, it's a hard time it would be hard to learn um, what's really happening in our hearts and minds. We'll be a little bit too confused. So I'm calling that the development of mindfulness is to rest intimately with the flow of present time experiences. And then we start practicing what's called vipassana or insight. We use the basis of mindfulness to begin seeing the underlying reality of how our mind works. We can see our minds move, what's pulling them, we can know what it's like to be present. We can know what it's like to be distracted. And from that basis of mindfulness, we can then actually see clearly into the nature of our experience. And from that, um, awaken to the truth of how things are versus our more confused picture. So that's the, that's the cultivation in this tradition of first stabilizing our attention, being intimate with our experience, and then begin to do certain investigations to improve our understanding of what's actually happening. So, what we're um, emphasizing, the first thing we're emphasizing once we can be with experience, <clears throat> is to see the arising and passing nature of experience. That's an important one. That's the one that we, um, we don't have the best experiential relationship to. We know it intellectually, but then when it comes to living our lives, I put a glass of water down, I turn away, I turn back, it seems like the same glass of water, that's relieving. So when I'm not conscious of it, I actually want the universe to be made up of solid things, solid lasting things, it's just easier, but the universe isn't actually like that. So it's a bit sloppy of me to do that, but I get away with it until things change radically and then I have to adapt. And that could be confusing. There's a lag time between how I want the universe to be and how it is. And then I have to kind of align myself with how things actually are so I don't suffer. So this arising and passing nature of experience is an important thing. We almost, you can't overdo it. Just having little glimpses is, is important, but it's really deepening that intuitive relationship to the world that's going through constant change that begins to transform our underlying basis of how we're relating to the world. So that's why we're emphasizing it so much. And then what we see that we want, we, although we want security in lasting things, things to remain certainly stable, once we actually make that translation, we realize it's actually important that things arise and pass. It's how things actually work. And if things didn't arise and pass, we would be in a whole different universe and one that would be very crowded with experiences. Simple examples of that are, if you know what the physics behind a sonic boom, what that is, is that 
a jet produces sound, the engines produce sound, and if it's coming towards you, the sound waves are coming, but if you keep producing sound at the speed at which sound travels, all those sounds hit you at once. That's why there's this huge boom when a jet flies by at the speed of sound. Your experiences would be like that. You would be blasted if all your experiences arise at the same time. So it's really lucky for us that they do pass away. Otherwise, we would just there'd be a train wreck. If you imagine there's a train passing between two tunnels, if you suddenly cut off one of the tunnels and the train was going at, at high speeds, all these cars would just keep arriving, but they couldn't disappear. And so there'd be this huge train wreck. So you're dropping into the way things actually work, and there's a beautiful grace in how things work when you can align with that, when you can align with things arising and passing. So it's not our common relationship to experience. But when we really drop into it, we see that things work much better and, our, and we don't get as tripped up. So that's the translation we're making in this practice to become more and more familiar, more and more connected to the arising and passing nature of all of our sensory experience. So with that said, the best way to do that is to allow our bodies to become calm, relaxed. Not a forced calm or forced stillness because that's actually agitating. There needs to be some happy comfort of body, happy comfort of mind and heart to sit in a room that's supported for that, to welcome your body to be calm, to welcome your heart and mind to be calm, and then learn to tolerate whatever is left over so we can only go so far, and then we find peace with whatever's happening in the body, peace to whatever's happening in the heart and the mind. And that's about as calm and content as we can get in that particular moment. But keep inviting a little more stillness, a little more peace, a little more contentment in your body, your heart, and your mind. And that allows being present um, to be less of a challenging experience because things are fairly calm, things are fairly pleasant, relaxed, and then when the mind comes into the present, it's not um, fighting something that's very agitated. And then that begins the second investigation that we can do, the beginning of insight practice. So with all that said, come into a posture, one that gives comfort to your body, one that allows your body to be still, relaxed, at ease. You might roll your shoulders for a second just to, reala- to see if you're holding any unconscious tension, trying to make the body still unconsciously. It might bring tension. So we just want to open it, relax, and then it come, let it come to a natural ease, a natural resting phase. And the same with the heart and the mind. You can sort of roll your heart and your mind a little bit, just to stretch it out a little bit, let go. See if there's any holding going on in your heart and your mind. Any experiences that you're attracted to that are not about present experiences, let them go. And welcome yourself to be more available to the flow of these simple experiences. There are subtle sounds. Crickets have started. 
sort of a quietness in the room, occasionally little sounds. So you can begin to use that to orient yourself towards your own peace, stillness, contentment. So you welcome those qualities forward. Can you be content with something so simple as hearing and the hearing of silence and quiet with some gentle sounds murmuring in the room and outside the room? There are several subtle sounds that you might be able to hear. The crickets outside, the hum of the speakers, little sounds of your neighbors moving, the creak of a chair, the brushing of cloth on cloth. When we relax and become intimate with the flow of the experience of hearing, that very intimacy reveals arising and passing experiences. We come to know the activity of hearing much more clear, much more intimate than in daily life. And you can see the activity of hearing is made up of transient experiences. The crickets are very loyal, they're steady, but every sound of the crickets is of quickly arising and passing sounds. Combined with this has to be a mind that is just as fast as the cricket sounds to keep up with hearing their subtlety, that's how fast the mind is moving, even when it's quiet, that it can pick up all these subtle sounds. If the mind were more cumbersome and didn't move very quickly, it couldn't pick up all these little sounds. So the mind is agile, even when it's calm and relaxed. And the two things to heighten your intimacy with are what's happening moment by moment. Can you clearly hear the sounds? Can you give them your full attention? 
and then emphasize the noticing that experiences pass away, or at least they're gone. You don't even see them really pass away. You hear them, and then fractions of a second later, what you just heard is gone and immediately replaced with sound or silence. We're not forcing this interpretation onto sound. It's the very nature of hearing. Many brief experiences happening very rapidly. And you can stay with sound, or you can bring your attention into the body. And again, as we become intimate with the field of body sensations, with our eyes closed, how do we even know we have a body? It's because we can feel the body. We can feel the hands and the arms, the chest and shoulders, your back, your hips and waist, your legs, your feet, your neck and your head. With your eyes closed, you feel the body from within the body. As you stabilize your intimacy, again, you'll see arising and passing experiences, tingling, pulsing. You might feel coolness on your arm as breeze passes by and then it is not so cool when the breeze stops. The experience of cool and warmth you might experience as changing over time. So this body is also a field of changing experiences. Can you relax intimately into this field of body sensations and let it teach you about impermanence?
and you can stay with the body or you can move your attention to the breath. And here we have a very dynamic process that's been going on since birth with hardly a pause the breath is in continual motion breathing in new air and breathing out and breathing in new air and breathing out each breath and a rising experience, completely worth your full attention. You have never felt this breath before and you will never feel this breath again. Allow yourself to be steady and calm and intimate with this flowing experience of in and out breathing. And all that you feel during the process of breathing in and out. And every now and then you're in a place where you can do this practice on the nature of thought. If your body and your mind are fairly quiet, you feel at that time a peacefulness inside. And the thoughts are not so dense and compelling, so distracting. Every now and then you can see thought has this same nature. 
thoughts arise, they pass away, they're replaced by other thoughts, and they pass away. The activity of mind around thinking is also full of impermanence. This very mind we might call one of our homes, one of the places we call me, is made up of changing experiences. There is very little burden in one moment. The burden of being moment by moment can become very light. Connecting it all together is where it gets difficult, tedious, burdensome. But resting in momentary experiences tends to feel very light. Even if it's painful, it's just moments. Even if the thoughts are intense, they're also just moments. So with sounds and body sensations, activities of mind and thinking, we can see this impermanent nature. And you might feel the relief. You might feel a new kind of security, not through stable objects, but through the steadiness of change. Lightness. Openness. Acceptance. Let your attention rest in sound, body sensations, breath, or with thoughts. And see if you can stabilize that experience of being intimate. And then see the moment by moment nature of experience. How quickly things change.
letting sounds, body sensations, the breath, and mental activity show you their impermanent nature. We are not making them impermanent through this practice. We are seeing more clearly they have impermanent qualities. They are inherently impermanent.
reminding you of that other question. How much security can you find in transient experiences? Or where is the security? If all these experiences are arising and passing, how do you find peace? How do you find ease in transient experiences? Now you can notice something very important. We were just at a certain depth of intimacy with experience. The formal practice ends. We come up to interact with each other and we might lose that intimacy in order to interact with each other. And so with that, you might watch yourself shift gears. Oh yeah, things were very impermanent. But now that I'm going to talk with other people and engage the world, I'm shifting my relationship. So you, I'm not sure if you're noticing that, but it's very common. We get a certain amount of depth in practice and then the bell rings and we stand up and we shift gears back to a more normal way of being. Five minutes ago, very, very relaxed with things changing. Yeah, that's all cool bell rings, stand up, drop my glasses and they break. No, that was my favorite pair. Ah. So it's that shift and we all are doing it in order to be responsible and be coherent as we interact with each other due to social forces. We want to present as being more coherent. But when we do that, we're buying into a setup that will make us be anxious around the nature of change. So the courage is to get there even in sitting meditation, but then allow yourself to play with being intimate with the nature of change, even when you open your eyes and start walking around the world. When walking meditation is a beautiful bridge for that, but even more complex is social interactions. I remember early on in my practice being so frustrated that as soon as my mouth opened or someone else's mouth opened towards me, my ability to be mindful was obliterated. And I was trying my best too, but I was its like just falling through some trap door and I was just tumbling. And then 
that conversation would end and I would walk on and then mindfulness would start to come back like, whoa, what was that? Why is that so difficult? It's because the forces are so strong. They're so compelling about how we're interacting with each other. So it's a development to welcome, to risk being aware of change and the nature of change, even when we rise up out of the formal practice and start interacting with the world. And one thing to notice is that, oh yeah, my mind is going back to that old paradigm. It's safer, I'm more comfortable treating you like a solid person. You're the same person I saw earlier in the day. I already have you mapped out and mapping you all out. My map is good, so I just relate to you through this static image of you. And then it's frustrating if you challenge that map because you're challenging my security that I'm relying on. That's one way. Another is to be on this universe that's like a waterbed where it's just it's all waves of motion, but you get sea legs on it, sea legs on a waterbed. <laughs> where it's like it's all fluctuating, but that's actually part of the grace and the dance of it all. It's all fluctuating. And yet in those fluctuations, there's some familiarity, but I'm no longer trapped in needing things to be static. I'm actually starting to get quite comfortable with how quickly things change. And then actually I start to become graceful in this field of change. I can actually dance and thrive. And then I'm not tripping up on things because I'm actually relating to things as they actually are versus how they, how I would have preferred them to be. So let me let Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.